episode 90 of the Booth Review Podcast. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. There's two reasons for that. The first being Seth's been too busy kissing Robbie's ass on their new show every night. <laughs> he forgot about this show. He doesn't have enough time for us. And the second being I've been banned from recording my own podcast. Uh, apparently I'm too loud at 9.57 p.m. on weeknights. So, uh, yeah, Seth, how are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm... Uh... Fresh off a new haircut that will not be revealed. Let's Thank see God it. for Let's hats. It's not happening. The hat is staying on my head. <laughs> I, I practically look like I have a buzz cut. It's it, it's an issue. Th- thankfully, hair grows, so we're chilling. Um, but yeah, we're 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 having a good time around here. I have to say, it's it's been nice to kind of settle in and then realize that I only have five weeks left in the semester. Yeah, fucking yeah. wild. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm ready to take it back home and uh, do some content again. That's kind of my motivation for getting through the rest of the uh, until Thanksgiving break at least. Next couple weeks is just got a lot of shit coming up for TBR at home, so I'm excited for that. But yeah, so I have a lot to say tonight. Seth's along for the ride. Obviously, we're doing week nine picks, but. For the first time in a while, we actually have like other stuff to talk about on this podcast. It's gonna so, be wild. I'm, I'm gonna get yelled at yeah. for part of this. I feel like, but <laughs> no, I, no, I have nothing to say against you. Okay, just... I'm glad that I didn't say anything controversial. No, I mean, first of all, let me just point out it's it's hard in general to figure out who's saying what on your podcast, and that's my <laughs> first point. I don't know who it is. If it's Cart, if it's you, Vito was on the show last night. If it's Vito, okay, Vito, Vito definitely had issues. That was all Vito. <laughs> my part as the video editor and video producer of your podcast apparently is my title. Um, it's don't abundant. forget upper management in that title. Yeah, thanks. You can go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> you, you know that 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 phrase is banned from all any and all podcasts. Um, but yeah, I'll gladly accept that title, uh, because at the end of the day I am, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculously hard to edit the videos of your podcasts. And I've we should point out that we are currently now. discussing the flagship show of TBR right now, the TBR morning show. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So if you guys haven't been listening to the new TBR morning show, it's out. Uh, it's actually a great listen. I was featured on one of the episodes. I think you guys are doing a really good job. I like it a lot more this time than the past few times it's been around. And you're producing some good clips, too. My only gripe is the Wi-Fi fucking sucks. So it takes me like two hours to edit a 60-second clip because it's like uh, it was like it was like it was filmed using a microwave. It's it's brutal. <laughs> so, you know, for, you know, just maybe keep me in mind next time. And buy a fucking router. How about? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been this is the thing. We we don't like. I've assumed this entire time that it's on my end because Boston University has notoriously shitty internet. Like it's just a thing. We all know it. And normally it's like not necessarily a speed issue. It's more of a connectivity issue. But like, yeah, I just assumed that it's me. But what I didn't realize until I got on this call with Brendan to record this podcast was that we never have issues when we record. Like, whenever we do the pick em episodes, it's always smooth. Like, sure, every once in a while, there's a bit of a glitch. But, like, nothing as frequent as it has been when me and Carp get on a call to record the morning show. And so I think that what we've determined tonight is that it's actually a Carp issue and not a me issue, which is really surprising. But, like... Also, just really entertainingly funny because he, you, you know that he's never going to admit that he's the one with the problem. Yeah, Seth, that's cute. That's really cute. Um, listen, when you're dealing with upper management uh, and you're on the upper management podcast, consider switching the name of the company to upper management sports. Uh, you get overall better quality of content. I mean, I'm not going to lie, like better Wi-Fi, better production, better audio, better everything. I mean, is anybody really surprised that this is an issue? No, like we're really not surprised that this is an issue at all. So I don't know. 
take your hacks, um, get better Wi-Fi. Uh, other than that, show's been going really well. Um, I want to talk about what you guys talked about last night at the beginning of the episode, if that's all right. Why don't you inform the people, since it is your show, about what was said at the beginning of the podcast the other night? Yeah, so the there was a discussion at the very beginning of our episode at, in reference to the TBR Bowl. Now, granted, so I, I feel like anyone who's listening to this probably knows what the TBR Bowl is, but if you didn't know, essentially last year was the inaugural TBR Bowl in which, um, you know, it was a game of flag football, and the teams, I forget what they were, but I was invited, Card and then won. my... Right, right. Carp Vito against you know, you and people. Um, and essentially I was supposed to come and then was told by my father that I wasn't allowed to come the morning of literally as I was leaving. Um, and everybody got COVID. So it turns out my dad was right. Um, and then we're trying to do it again this year. And like a week ago or so I get a message from, said upper management telling me about it and saying, you know, block off my, my calendar and just be like, I was like, all right, cool. Um, and so we had a discussion about this on the morning show and live on the morning show, we threw together our roster. So it's now going to be me, Carp, Vito, Carp's brother, CJ, um, this random kid who I don't know, probably from North Andover. And then, um, a guy whose name I've heard before, but I forget what his name is currently. Um, but apparently he played quarterback in high school. So we've definitely thrown together a roster. We're going to dominate. We're going to win. That's just a fact. Um, but, but yeah, Carp had some choice words to say, and I'm sure that Willett has them all written down and he's going to go line by line. I don't have them written down. I have them by memory. First of all, shaking in my boots at that roster, man, that's going to be, <laughs> that's a toughie. Uh, yikes. That's two guys. That I will don't say, know the name of. Wow. I am so scared. The, the most, the most impressive part about that entire 25 minute segment of us putting our roster together was the fact that every single guy that Carp called picked up the phone. Yeah. You did mention that. I mean, Carp has that, he has that magnetic effect. When Robbie Carpentier calls you, you're picking up the phone. Like it's just, you know, you never know what he's going to say. You just never it's know. Wild. He could be it's offering wild. you a two-day trip to Florida in the middle of a school week, or he could be calling you <laughs> to tell you to fuck off. Like, it's and anywhere in between. So yeah, um, very nervous. I already texted my group chat and said we, sh especially the two nameless players, we got to start scouting on them because um, I think they're going to be X factors. The scariest name on that list, by the way, is C.J. Carpenter. I'm just going to point it out. Like, if you watch TBR Bowl <laughs> one, he 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 torched us. I'm not even going to lie, like Vito, college football player. Yeah, he had a couple of touchdowns here and there, but non-existent, non-factor. Well, um, you also remember, whatever. Vito, Vito, the college football player, is a linebacker who played some full slash running back senior year. Playing against a bunch of five foot seven at best hockey players from New England who have never touched a football in their life. Just say. So CJ was in my eyes, the MVP. I'm glad that 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 other kid is not coming back. The kid who interfered with the pass every five seconds. I'm not going to say his name, but he's a fan of the program. program. No, no. Did you watch TBR Bowl one? Sam? No, <laughs> that's embarrassing. So speaking from a player's perspective, because Seth didn't play last year, um, put the whole COVID bullshit aside. It was single-handedly the most fun I've had doing a production at TBR in our now three plus years of existing. We've had a lot of fun. The wiffle ball is always a great time. The streams for me doing the boomer ugly stuff is always a great time. This podcast, I, this is the best part of my week doing this podcast. You know, everything that we do, I enjoy, but I have not enjoyed one single event that we've done more than the TBR bowl. That was just, it was iconic in my eyes. It was so fun. The day before Thanksgiving, we all got together just, and, you know, it's so rare that we can get everybody in the company together at one time for a production. And we were able to do it um, and, you know, put the result aside. We lost by six points, TBR dark. But it was just so fun. 
um, I had a blast and I'm so psyched that we're going to be doing it again this year. And we're upping the production value of it this year, more cameras, more people involved, you know, the, the content side of it is going to be really fun to watch for the fans. Do we so have saying, jerseys? I mean, we don't have custom jerseys. If you watch TBR bowl one, then you'd know that we all wore similar colored jerseys uh, to one another. But if you didn't watch TBR bowl one, like yourself, then you wouldn't know that. But yeah, we all wear jerseys that, you know, uh, align us with our teammates based on color. So there's TBR dark and TBR white. You guys are TBR white. You wear white jerseys in the name. We're TBR dark. We wear color jerseys in the name. So can I wear my Boston University baseball jersey? Because it's the only white jersey I own. No, it has to be a football jersey, unfortunately. Okay, so what you're telling me is I'm going to show up in the really small Eli Manning Super Bowl jersey that I think I have lying around somewhere? You can borrow one. That's what Carp did last year from me. He just wore a Saquon Barkley jersey that I lent him. Yeah, I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But this is the focal point of what I wanted to say. Robbie Garvin's here made a pretty bold fucking claim last night and said that uh, I am, I, did he say good for nothing or like less than talented or, or something like that? Oh, he I, said you're really shitty at football is what he said. I don't remember what his exact words were, but yeah, I gotta find different. the, I gotta find the, um, I gotta find the, the exact quote of what he said because it grinded my gears. Probably just not like capable of much, not capable, oh, not capable of much. Yeah. I mean, you're sure. What so, do you want? But also so Carp Seth, short. Like Carp's not in a position to chirp on. Well, like, Seth, you didn't watch TBR Bowl 1. First of all, first three drives for TBR Dark, who had the touchdowns? Me. Second off, the first play from scrimmage, <laughs> I catch a 10-yard little out route pass. I completely put on the brakes on the defender, and I go for like 30 yards. Seth, who was the defender? I'm going to guess Robbie Carpentier. It was Robbie Carpentier who was left in the absolute dust. Looked like he tore both of his ACLs at the same time. And that was my doing. So you say I'm not capable of much? Please, guy. You're not. You're yeah, but here, here's the thing. The fact that he was within five yards of you, you should be ashamed of yourself. Dude has half a long. Well, I was within five yards of the line of scrimmage. If you watch the play, you'll be able <laughs> to see that it was a little dump off route that I was able to turn into a 30 plus yard gain. So. I don't know. Be afraid. But yeah, just just a, a warning for you guys and your little, you know, peewee team over there. Like we didn't take the loss too lightly last year. A little controversial too. once again, that I mean, you haven't seen it, so I can't really, you know, just like allude to these things that you haven't seen. But like I would just, you know, encourage you to go and watch it. And then like you tell me like whatever. We're going to have refs this year. Thank God, because last year that was that was what did us in. And we're getting better this year. I have some secret weapons coming to play. I'm not going to reveal who that is because I'm not going to make the scouting any easier for you guys. You will show up on Black Friday 2021 and you'll see who's on my team. And uh, that's all I have. To Can say. I just say the photos for this are unreal? For what? The, the I, I, I'm currently watching the TVR bowl and just the the, the buzz cut Michael Lynch. The That's Eagles right. jersey for Michael you. Life crisis and shaved his head like a week before the game. Anders just being Anders. Tarmy going like this. And that like all neck, literally as much neck as you can show in a photo. And then just Cam Brown because he's Cam Brown. Um, yep. is, it, it, Tarm's the Pabby kid, right? Or is yeah. that someone else? Yeah, Tarm no, is Pabby. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, fuck Pabby. Um... <laughs> I have no issue. I have no issue with Parm, but fuck Pabby. Again, they were like our rivals in high school. So like, I'm okay with you saying that, even though that's my teammate, even though that's my wiffle ball teammate. And then I also, I also like (laughs) the other part that we haven't discussed yet is Robbie chirping Vito by suggesting that we call Johnny Malloy Vito's ex-girlfriend's brother to see if he would play again. Listen, I wasn't going to say the kid's name, but that's who I was referring to earlier because I didn't know how it was going to pan out. Just go and watch the video. How many P.I. Like the kid literally at one point, you can't really see it on the kid. That's the other thing is the camera is going to be like no offense to Cam Brown. I love Cam Brown, but this year we're not going to have a cameraman who just points the camera at the 50 yard line and then goes on his phone for three hours. 
there's some plays that you just can't see because Brownie fucking sucks at working the camera. So that's changing this year too. Dude, my favorite part is whoever got absolutely hosed on the. Oh yeah, that was actually a really good, nice cut by you. Not gonna lie. Are you uh, watching when I absolutely just <laughs> don't yeah. the cart? Dude, somebody got absolutely demolished off the line on the very first play. Someone just ran a streak and absolutely turned him around. It was great. There like a little, like, I'm not even gonna lie, like, we're all, you know, we're all like athletic people, like not to like pump our own tires, but like it was good football. I mean, we, we definitely hit the over. It was 86, 80, like great game. Yeah. For the the over. camera work is just exquisite. Oh, atrocious. Yeah. That's changing. <laughs> we're actually hiring cameramen. Unlike last year, we were just like, all right, Brownie, do your thing. Brownie also last year didn't want to play because he didn't want to get COVID. So he opted to be the cameraman and then got COVID. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's my favorite part of the whole thing is he was very adamant he's like no i can't touch the footballs i can't like be near anybody I'm like all right go up to the top row of the bleachers and, and point this camera at us and then he Dude, still yeah, got it somehow. 50 yard touchdown holy shit he had a few of those yeah our defense was lackluster last year we're gonna do a whole like content like preview thing for it but i just wanted to respond to the allegations that i'm not capable of much go and watch the tape you know get me those receipts all right. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how you could possibly have controversy on a clip that you can't see shit in. Like you had to be there. <laughs> and we're playing in the morning this time too, so we're not going to run out of daylight cuz at the end of the clip you like can't see anything that's going on cuz there's no lights on the field. <laughs> yes. At one point I threw the ball to Michael. We did the Philly special when it got really dark and we were down by 6 and we were trying to come back. I literally threw the ball to Michael. I think it hit him right in the nose. <laughs> like he just we couldn't see anything by the end of the game, so just better overall this year, but I'm excited. Um, that's just like, I'm so hyped for it. It's going to be probably one of our biggest pieces of production of the year. Probably it's going to cap off year three of TBR too, because we have the three year anniversary coming up. So um, it's definitely going to be a huge production. Huge. I'm very excited for it. It's going to be fun. So just, you know, keep the eyes peeled on that one. Next quickly, before we get into the football stuff, um, do you have any thoughts on the Jack Eichel thing? Okay, I'm just annoyed that it was that little for him. Like, I feel like there are so many teams. Now, granted, Buffalo was refusing to retain any salaries. That automatically eliminated the Bruins. Um, mm-hmm. But from a value standpoint, if that was really all that Buffalo was asking for, why the fuck did it take this long for that guy to get traded? Like, we literally, like, we're in November right now. We've been talking about this trade since late August. He could be three months into his recovery from his surgery and be ready to play by New Year's. Yeah, definitely. Like the, the, um, the this entire situation, the only loser here is Jack Eichel because obviously the Sabres are going to continue just being a hockey team. They got some stuff for their future, but Jack Eichel's the one who gets fucked because he doesn't get to play hockey until assuming that he has a surgery like fucking tomorrow. He doesn't get to play hockey until December, January, February, March at the earliest, at the absolute earliest. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. There's there's never really this type of drama in the hockey world around, you know, players being moved, players demanding trades, requesting to be released, all of this. So it's all very foreign to the hockey world, which is why I think it's getting so much media coverage that it is. You know, this isn't. LeBron making the decision in the middle of the, you know, summer of 2014, where this is just like a routine thing. You know, this is the NHL. Players usually stick around. And if there's a big trade, it's it's usually like a mutually discussed thing. Like, I think like Subban for Weber, where it was like both guys were staples in their city and like player swap player for player. And that was like a big fucking deal. This was like Jack Eichel, big drama around his relationship with the Sabres, where he was going to go. Is he even healthy enough to play this whole surgery? They didn't want him to get it. And then like Robin Leonard came out and accused the Sabres medical team of being like corrupt. Mm. And like the NHL is in a really bad place right now. I would just like to point that out as well. With all this stuff coming out about the Blackhawks, um, the broadcast on ESPN sucks. Um, I feel like the Bruins play once every blue moon now. Um, I know it's so weird. (laughs) They play like so far and few. I feel like they played Saturday and they play Thursday and then they're going to play again like a week. And it's like we're on an NFL schedule right now playing like once a week. I mean, the the Oilers are on every night, literally. Like what? Who is running the NHL? 
And they're calling for Gary Bettman's head now with all this. Stuff I mean, too. we fucking Someone should be. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Bruins have played eight games. That is tied for the fewest with the Islanders and the Devils. Everybody else has played nine or more. And many teams have, like Toronto has played 11. Detroit's played 11. Montreal's played 12. Yeah. And Anaheim's played 11. Chicago's played 11. Like, we're, our average is like it's almost like it's more than a, like if you think about it like we're coming up on we'll probably play what 10 games in 30 days by the time that the official month the first month of the season is over so i mean average, yeah, first <laughs> first game of the season was on a saturday then three days off two away games and then a home game day off in between all of those then two days off then a back-to-back when was the last time you saw yeah. a team play back-to-back nights then there was a day off, played Florida, and then three days off, or sorry, four days off before four. this game. Yeah, that's so it's crazy. And, and then, the, dude, the crazy part about this is we're about to go day off, game Saturday, two days off, game Tuesday, game Thursday, game Saturday, then another game on Sunday, so another back to back, and then five days off before another back to back. Yeah. Like, like what, I don't know what what's wrong with the NHL. I really don't know what's wrong with the NHL. I mean, we said it last year on the podcast where, like, when we were talking about those outdoor games, we're like, who's the NHL doing? They're falling way behind. Um, Dude, I am like, all, even a top four sport. I am all for the beginning, the, the return, excuse me, of back-to-backs. Absolutely all for it. I love it. I miss the home and homes that they used to have. Like, those were always super entertaining. But why why is our schedule so empty in November and the the end of October? And then you look at December and there's literally one gap of three days in between games. Then everything else is a one or two day break with two sets of um, back to backs. And then you look at January and it's literally every other day with a back to back in the middle. Like it just it doesn't make any sense to me. That it's like that. And then they're off for almost the entire month of February because of the, the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the it, schedule it's a crazy. is so fucked this year. It's insane. Yeah. I don't know. The, the NHL in general, I feel like, is just falling behind. And what I'll say about the Eichel thing quickly before we get into our football topics is just like, I don't know. I think John Eichel's a little overrated. Um, good player. Don't get me wrong. Chelmsford native. I've got family in Chelmsford, so I've got ties. Uh, Jack Eichel hit on my aunt at a bar and sent me a voicemail a few years ago, like fucking epic moment. But I think he's still overrated. Um, and I don't. His think mom that, was my nurse for my shoulder surgery. Yeah, so there we go. We we have personal ties to Jack Eichel. So like, this is a, this very objective argument that I'm making here. I, I'm not I, I'm not here for all the drama that he's kind of created. He went and made like, did you see that he had like a sit down interview today with um. Sportsnet or like Hockey Night in Canada or something like that. Did you see that? I did not see that. I saw that he went on Spit and Chicklets. Yes, he did that too. So he's going on like this crazy press run. So it's like, it's almost like, you know, he was quote unquote tied down by the Sabres organization and then they trade him away. And now he's just like going and spilling all the secrets, which is like, all right, I guess you're entitled to do that. Like you're an NHL player. Like who are we to like shit on you? Well, I mean, who are we? Like we have a podcast where we talk shit about athletes 24 seven. So that's who we are. But like, I just, I'm not here for the, like the nature of his, the professional sit down interview that he did. Um, I believe it was Sportsnet. It might've been TSN. I forget who it was. It was one of those Canadian hockey um, outlets, pretty big. And he basically like, you know, when they do like 30 for 30 interviews and they like, and they sit down like a really like nicely set studio and they like ask like like, hard hitting, like emotional questions. It was like that. It, like to announce the trade it was the weird like go and watch it i think it's so weird I mean, it's unprecedented for me that it, it was like lebron making the decision it was kind of like that like jack eagle's not that big he doesn't have enough credibility or you know reputation as an nhl player to be having sit down interviews announcing his trades um i don't know the next time we'll see him on the ice is i mean like i said we have no idea what the medical situation is with him but like I'm not here for all the Jack Eichel bullshit. I'm really not like, like kind of like along the lines of how we've said before with LeBron, like shut up and dribble, like just go out there and play hockey. Like don't, 
You don't need to make don't, yourself. Don't a put a we on that. I've never told LeBron to shut up and dribble. <laughs> I mean, inadvertently, you have on this podcast, yes, and you've supported me in doing so. So it's, you're in on this too now. I, I would say my opinion is that LeBron often shares his opinion at times that I think are inappropriate, but I wouldn't say that he doesn't like the, the whole shut up and dribble comment was made to be like athletes have zero say in social issues. Well, some of the social issues directly affect someone with LeBron James's back. Sure. I'm not, I'm not trying to quote the woman, whatever, who came up with that. I'm just saying LeBron should, you know, whatever we, he was in his podcast, you know, how we feel about LeBron. Jack Eichel is now the LeBron of the NHL and the LeBron of the NFL fucking nasty transition. Odell Beckham Jr. This week. Speaking of LeBron, I just want to make one correction. You said before the decision in the summer of 2014, the decision was the summer of 2011. Or 20 times. Sorry, whatever. I, thought, I meant coming back to Cleveland. Yes. From Miami. That, that would have been 2014. Yes, the original decision was before that. Um, thank you for ruining the transition, Seth. I appreciate it. Uh, well, get your facts right next time, and I won't. I won't that's funny. Get a, be- get a better haircut next time. Um, you know, facts don't care about your feelings, will it? <laughs> okay, Ben Shapiro. Uh, Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr. Crazy. You want to talk about craziness? Odell Beckham Jr. single-handedly got himself kicked off the team via his father. <laughs> so explain to me the whole father thing, because I've seen some comments about this. I have no fucking That's clue That's the whole genesis on. of this whole thing. Yeah, so I didn't realize that. Like, I thought that this was just random bullshit because I, you, you like, with the whole, like, when LeBron tweeted, you know, like, obviously because we're discussing LeBron, right? When LeBron yes. tweeted the whole, like, free OBJ thing and then John Morant joined in, I thought it was just because there were stats coming out about like fucking he was just like not getting targets like at all. Oh, no. <laughs> so this is what happens. So and we should Odell's- also point out that Willett Willett is bringing up some notebook with him because I know for a fact that he has spent hours of his life not studying for his classes, not doing his homework, not writing papers, not paying attention to his girlfriend. No, no, no. He has been spending hours of his life finding statistics to prove that the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield by extension are better when OBJ is not on the field. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for that. First of all, just like, cause my parents listen to this podcast, I am paying attention in school and I am doing my work. However, no, he's not. None of us are. <laughs> I, am. I was bored during a lecture the other day. It was a slow day. It was raining out in the midst of all this, OBJ stuff. So first of all, for the people who don't know the whole OBJ story, I'll give it to you in brief. Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't been working out in Cleveland, and and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. So his name starts getting floated around in a bunch of these trade rumors, and this is nothing new. Um, He's been on the public trade block, I guess is what I should say, because the Browns haven't been actively shopping him around until recently. But the public's been calling for OBJ to get traded for quite some time now. And there's been a lot of rumors that he is going to get moved, but they've been shot down by the Browns. They're saying we're not trading him. We're not looking to make a trade for him until recently. So the Browns are not having the season that everybody thought they would. And when I mean everybody, I mean Seth Hellman. Uh, They are just, I don't know, they can't string together too many wins on the football field. It's not over for them. Their hope is not lost because they're in a division that is kind of neutralizing itself right now. So the Browns season is is not over by any means. But after this week, NFL trade deadline comes up. Odell Beckham Jr.'s father takes to, they lost, by the way, to the Steelers. Let me just put that out there. They lost. So after the loss, trade deadline's coming up. Odell Beckham Jr.'s father takes to Instagram and posts an 11-minute video. I didn't even know that you could post videos longer than 10 minutes. He posts an 11-minute video on Instagram of clips where OBJ was open and Baker Mayfield didn't throw him the ball. That's it with like no context and then proceeds to go on a subtweet rant going back and forth with Browns fans, going back and forth with NFL fans, basically saying Baker Mayfield's the problem in Cleveland. He's not thrown to OBJ. That's why we're losing football games. So I thought that's unreal. That's a little bullshit. And we're big Baker fans. And the next day when all this, you know, after it happened, Baker was asked about it. Baker's like, no, I wasn't hurt by it. Like, it shocked me, obviously, but I wasn't hurt by it. He's like, I forgive OBJ. He was like, it's not like a big deal. Like, I'm focused on winning football games. Like, professional response. Good job to Baker Mayfield. Because if your number one wide receiver's dad slandered you on Instagram for, you know, 24 hours and it was all in the news, for you to have, like, the – 
I don't even know what it is, the level-headedness to stand in front of the media and, like, publicly say, like, it's not a big deal. I'm like, you forgive him. Like, we're focused on winning football games. Like, kudos to him. So the next day, Browns coach Kevin Stefanski, he sends Odell home from practice, says, don't come. And he tells the team he's not on the team anymore and that don't plan on him playing any more games. So that's where we stand right now. We think he's probably going to get cut because, like, why would they keep him on the roster? He's still under contract. The trade deadline's passed. They couldn't move him. Talked about him getting traded to the Saints. Talked about him getting traded to the Raiders with all this Henry Rugg stuff. Talked about him getting traded to the Patriots. Those are the three favorites to land him right now if he were to get cut. But the trade deadline's passed, so they can't trade for him. So I was born in my lecture the other day. I was sitting there, and I was like, I'm going to figure out this Odell bullshit once and for all. Because I said last year on the podcast, I thought that – the Browns were better off without Odell. And you said that, I forget what you said, but you said like Odell's good and it's not a product of that, whatever, and I agreed with that. Um, but I just think that there's some sort of aura around this team that they're better without Odell. So with Odell Beckham Jr., they are the Browns are 14 and 15. That's a 4.83 win percentage. Without Odell, they're 8 and 5. That's a 6.15 win percentage. So not a, not a big difference but i feel like it's enough right you're Fair. above 500 below 500 that's enough that's pretty telling to me baker mayfield with odell his average per game because i did i have a whole sheet here in class that i was working on and i broke it down like game by game so this is the average per game he averages 228 yards per game a 61.8 completion percentage and averages 1.5 touchdowns per game without him 244 yards per game, a 72.6 completion percentage, which is telling, and 1.2 touchdowns per game. So this is the conclusion sentence that I wrote. When Odell is inactive, Baker Mayfield, on average, throws for 16 more yards, completes 10.8% more of his passes, but throws for 0.3 less touchdowns. So do with that what you will. I'm not trying to prove one way or the other, but that is how the Browns and Baker Mayfield shake up without Odell Beckham Jr. on the field. You're welcome. Wonderful analysis. Thank you. I try. I mean, yeah, it's certainly a weird situation. You know, like, it, like I still stand by the fact that I think that Odell is a really good wide receiver. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's very odd. Like, it's weird to me that they – that they feel as though the situation's so bad that they can just cut him. Like they don't give a fuck if he's on the team or if he's not like, that's I just why I, I think that what happened is pretty, pretty bad. I think that's where they like, I think that's bad for the team culture, a team that's pretty volatile right now to keep a guy like that on the team. It's not necessarily his fault, but sometimes in the sports world, like again, it's a business and this just has to happen. If the Browns want to, you know, turn their season around and stay afloat, then I think you got to do it without OBJ. That's unfortunate. He's a good wide receiver. I think he's probably a, a number two wide receiver. Did you see what I fucking did there? I'm well aware of what you did there. Thank you. He's a good number two wide receiver in Cleveland. I think Jarvis Landry's actually better with Baker Mayfield, and that's not for the sake of the joke. I actually think that Jarvis Landry's better than um, Odell in Cleveland. Not overall. In Cleveland, I think Jarvis Landry is a little more secure of an option. That being said, Jarvis Landry completely threw the football game last week. Um, fumbled the ball, dropped a couple open first downs in, in Steelers territory. Um, so that loss is solely on him. But other than last week, great guy. Okay. Is it time? I believe so. All right. Just to update everybody on where we're at because, you know, Everybody's asking. Seth is 72 and 34. That's a 68% correction rate. I am 67 and 39. That's a 63% correction rate. Long way to go in the season. We've got 12 games on tap this Sunday. And let's pick them, Seth. Pick them. Um, All right. You can, you can lead. Game one if everything will work nicely for me is 1 p.m. Sunday Patriots at the Panthers Patriots are minus 170 on the line they are minus three and a half over under 41 fuck this game um 
Why? <laughs> Look, well, because here's the thing. The Panthers have been so shitty recently that it's almost worth it for me to not take the Pats because, or, or sorry, to not pick them. Because what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks is just randomly picking er, er, against the Pats, regardless of who they were playing, unless it was the Jets. Right. Because that just seems to work. But this week, I think I'm going to have to hop on and pick the Patriots. I just I feel like they're going to pull out a random one down there in Carolina. Mr. Willett, are you planning on attending the game? I know that you're I in. I am planning on attending the game. I will be attending the game. Wonderful. Um, fuck Bank of America Stadium. I hate it. I don't like going there. It's <laughs> it's a big stadium, but it doesn't do much for me. It's no Gillette. Um, Patriots are going to win this game. They've won two in a row. They look really good. I think it's time for them to turn their season around. I think I might hear little whispers of playoffs, maybe a little wild card action for this Patriots. They finally, I went on a rant about the Patriots last episode and they got their shit together and they actually beat a real football team. They beat the chargers last week. Um, and I think they're going to win again this week. And I think that if you look at their schedule down the road, I think they can go on a little bit of a run here, Seth. Um, and they can make something out of this season. Pats by 10? Pass by 10. Um, nice. The Panthers came out hot, but they suck. Fair enough. All right. Next game. Bills at Jaguars. Bills are minus 900 over under 48 and a half. Bills favored minus 14 and a half. I'm taking Jags against the spread, but Bills to win the game. Because every single time we've had a big spread, it's always, always gone to whoever had the plus. Like, it's just whoever was favored by double digits. It just has not worked out that way. So I'm taking Jags against the spread, but Bills to win. And I don't think it's going to be like, like the score is going to be within 14 and a half. But I don't think it's going to be close at all. Uh, Yeah, I would take Bills everything. Um, The Bills just became the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl this week. Um, kind of quietly doing it too after losing their first game. Bills are gonna yeah. smoke the Jags. The Jags look horrible this year. They're so bad. I have not lifted the TBR curse on the Jaguars, even though they won a game in London. Doesn't count as overseas. Um, in terms of the big spread thing, this is not a knock on your take at all because I agree. I hate big spreads. Um, there's this guy on TikTok who does these stupid fucking betting videos, and he's just wrong every time. Like he doesn't get picks right, so people just fade him all the time. He had Jets plus 10 and a half tonight because it was, you know, too big of a spread. They're down 42 to 10 right now. That's not oh my God. to say anything. I'm, I just wanted to point that out because I looked at my phone to check my bets and the game just went from like 21, 10 to 42, 10 in like five seconds. So, you know, whatever that guy says, I'm just fading his spread. So I'll let you all know. <laughs> but yeah, bills are that going is fair enough. Yep. All right. Uh, next game, we have Sunday, 1 p.m. Still, we're still in those nice little one o'clock games. Broncos at the Cowboys, minus 450 Cowboys, obviously minus 10 on the line or, or uh, on the spread, excuse me, over under 49 and a half. I am taking Cowboys all the way here. Um, I think they cover that minus 10 spread. Um, I know it's double digits, but I don't think it's like a ridiculous one. And the Broncos did just trade away one of the best uh, defensive players that we've seen in our lifetime. And yeah. I think they're just going to get absolutely dicked, especially yeah. considering um, the fact that Dak's supposed to play. Right. Yeah. Um, the boys are a legit team. Uh, they, they, they beat a pretty good Vikings team on Sunday night football with a, an absolute scrub at quarterback. Um, they're they're a legit football team. Like I'll admit it, they're a legit football team. I haven't I wasn't sold on them all the way up until this point. I'm sold on them at this point. They're gonna win this game. They are legitimate Super Bowl contenders at this point. Do I think I'll, they'll get there? I don't know. NFC is shaping up to be really weird this year. The whole NFL is shaping up to be really weird this year. So we'll see. But they're a legit football team. They're gonna win this game easily. Yeah, for sure. My uh, my Cowboys future. Um, to win the division is looking really nice right now. I will say, and, and then about the only bet that I have on my futures that's really looking nice. Um, other than yeah, no, that's literally the only one that I have any confidence in whatsoever. <laughs> that's, that's a good one to have confidence in. I mean, yeah, 
Uh, next game, Vikings, Ravens, Ravens are the home team. They're minus two seventy five minus six on the spread over under 50. I'm taking the under in this game. Um, we had a discussion the other day. I forget what podcast it was on about how the Vikings offense will suck one game and their defense will play stellar and they'll lose or their offense will be absolutely fucking incredible and the defense will suck and they'll lose. Um, and this is probably gonna be one of those games. I expect Lamar to do pretty well, um, you know, for a running back. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Uh, yeah, I don't like games where both teams who were supposed to win their last game are coming off of a loss. Um, because I'm a, I'm a huge believer in the favorite loses one week. They're going to come back and fucking dominate the next week. Uh, both these teams were favored to win last week and our Ravens had a bye. So two weeks ago, but they're in their last games and did, uh, I'm going to give the advantage to the Ravens because they're the home team, but I think the Vikings keep it close. Like you said, uh, I don't think it was this podcast that we talked about it on, but like we've, we've always been kind of a, a soundboard for, for the Vikings are the most inconsistently great team. Um, yeah, it might have been the morning show that we had the discussion about it. Yeah, it probably was. It probably was the lower management show. Um, and it, they're just, they have so many weapons, so many. And like yeah. we said, we didn't think Kirk Cousins was that good, but he's, he's like, he is good. But like, he doesn't act good, but he is good. And then like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and, and um, Alexander Madison and um, Tyler Conklin, like they're good, but they're not, but they are. So they're going to lose, but they might not, but they might cover. Ravens are my pick. Wonderful. All right. Next game is the Falcons at the Saints. Probably the shittiest game on the schedule. Um, but I'm saying that having only seen the first four games. Uh, Saints are minus 255, over under 41 and a half. Saints minus six and a half. I'm taking Falcons. Uh, I have zero faith in the Saints without James Winston. Absolutely. Uh, Really? Yeah, they won last week. I don't give a fuck. Except they just beat the defending Super Bowl champions without Jameis Winston last week. And they're going to lose to the Falcons. Yes. Dude, they're taking the emotional blow of not only losing their starting quarterback, but losing their number one receiver that they thought they were going to be getting back in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, doesn't matter to me. Um, Everybody knows I'm big on the Saints. And it's time for them to prove it that this to me is like easy win. I still think the Saints can win 14 games this year. You're, you're paying Taysom Hill all this money. It's, it's time to put him on the field. Jameis was playing well. Um, and, you know, he's not just going to go away. Like, like he, he's we, we said undoubtedly he's probably one of the hardest workers in the NFL. He's going to see this success of this team through, even if he has no ACL. So, yeah, it's a tough blow for the Saints. But I think Sean Payton's offense actually thrives under um, duress. I think when you need to throw Taysom Hill out there in like a third and long situation, you don't really know what you're doing and you just kind of like send him out there and like go. I think that's when the Saints are are, the, are at their best. This to me is a no brainer victory for the Saints. Um, yeah, they lost to the Giants in a spot that they really shouldn't have with, you know, Jameis and their weapons. But you know, I think I actually still believe in this team, even though their their starting quarterback just went down. Call me crazy, but I still believe in them. So thank you for picking the Falcons. I'm taking the Saints. The Falcons suck, by the way. I would just like to point out that every time I pick against the Falcons, they win. And every time I pick the Falcons, they lose. So whatever, just fade whatever I do and pick the Falcons, but the Saints are going to win. Okay. Um, next game is the Browns at the Bengals. Bengals are minus 140. Browns are plus 120. Line is at minus two and a half. Over under 47. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the Browns. Yeah, I was kind of wishing you were going to take the Bengals. Um, shit. This one I left blank on my card. Um, I kind of see what you see in the Browns. And, um, wow, this is tough for me. Every time I say that a game is tough for me, I, I usually pick wrong. But I feel like I'd rather be wrong 
and not lose standing in the pick'em. So I think I'm going to take the Browns along with you because I think this Bengals team is like, again, they're coming off a loss to the Jets, so I feel like they're going to have some firepower behind them. But then again, nobody expected this Bengals team to be good, and I feel like it's about time for them to to be humbled. I'm going Browns. I like with all the bullshit that happened this week. Uh, Baker coming back from injury last week was electric, by the way. I just want to say, when did you see when he got knocked out of bounds? I did not. No, I didn't get the chance to watch any football last week. Yeah, so he, he did like a nice little scramble for 10 yards, got a first down, got his shit rocked out of bounds, should have been an unnecessary roughness call, no flag. Everyone, like he's down for like a few seconds. Everyone thinks like, oh my God, is he like dead? He just gets up and like full sprints to midfield and like fires the crowd up. It was it was the most electric moment of the season, in my opinion. I really wanted them to win last week because like Baker was firing off tweets about like, oh, we need the we need the stadium rowdy, whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna say the Browns win this one. Gotcha. Alrighty then. Next game. Vegas Raiders at the Giants. The Raiders are minus 120 over under 46. Raiders getting three uh, favored by three and a half points. I'm going to take the Raiders money line and spread. I think Derek Carr is going to show up and just fucking ball. Like this dude has been through the ringer for the past three weeks. Yeah. He just lost one of his closest friends on the team to the you know shit that went on with Henry Ruggs. Um, and then lost his coach who he seemed to have a really good relationship with. I think that he's just going to funnel all of that energy into football. Don't be surprised if he just fucking lays a couple of guys out. Yeah. I'm picking Raiders as well. Um, wouldn't be shocked if the giants won this game, but I'm going to pick the Raiders. The Raiders have just had like a ridiculous amount of tough blows go their way. First with Gruden, like you said, now with Henry Ruggs, I mean, it's, it's devastating. Not even football wise. Like, yeah, you you know, I see a lot of people who were saying like, oh, my God, he's on, you know, Ruggs was on my fantasy team. Ruggs was doing so well. Like, we're screwed. Like, that's so tertiary to the main story, which is this guy killed a woman and her dog because he chose to get blasted and get behind the wheel of a car and drive 156 miles an hour. That's like that's like NASCAR speed. That's that's Dude, incredibly dangerous. Literally. My car doesn't even go that fast. I didn't even know you could go that fast. He also had a loaded gun in the car, which like whatever. I don't want to sit here and like slander him because obviously he I, I have, I have zero. I have zero issues with the fact that there was a loaded gun in the car. It's I have a few you know, issues with it. <laughs> I, I no, I, I have zero issues with it. Assuming that it was a legally owned gun. If he keeps a gun in the car for my grandfather used to keep a gun in the car. Like, I don't give a fuck if you have a gun in your car. Right. And why so would you have a gun in the car if it wasn't loaded? Like, it, like why? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Did your grandfather get drunk and drive at 156? To, to, no. to the point where his BAC was twice the legal limit and then get behind the wheel of a car and drive 156 miles an hour into the back of another car, setting it on fire, killing a woman and a dog. At that point, I'd be a little worried that you had a loaded firearm in the car, too. I mean, yeah. Decision making is clearly not as sharp as it could be at that point. Yes. I didn't think that was that big of a deal. But yeah, I mean, like, I understand that his decision making could clearly and clearly was impaired. Right. But whatever. We can go back and forth all day on it. Point of the story being not even talent wise, but the Raiders are just that's such a morale blow. Like, it's kind of yeah. similar, a little different with the whole Patriots and Aaron Hernandez thing, because a little similar to. Well, Hernandez is at least gone from the team for the most part. Right. That's what I was saying. He was gone from the team at that point. So you kind of saw it coming with the whole investigation. But still, I mean, you lose one of your teammates. You lose one of your top players, one of your recognizable faces on the team forever. Like, this isn't just like, a oh, man, like he's gone for the rest of the year with an injury or, you know, he he did something stupid and is going to have to face consequences with a suspension like a Josh Gordon issue. No, this guy's life is over. It's over. And if you're close with somebody like that, like very close, like if you're Derek Carr, if if you're any member of that team, really, even you think about his teammates from Alabama who are playing in the NFL now, you know, like Devonta Smith, you got two. Yeah, you had that photo champions. of them doing their celebration that they used to do like a week ago. And now this guy's life is over. Like, yeah. It's like, let that be a lesson to like everybody. Like you can have everything in the fucking second. You can just ruin it. Like pisses me off, actually, that you choose to make that decision. 
but it's just Dude, what I understand. What I understand about the whole thing, man, is like we got taught our whole lives. Don't drink and drive. Like whenever, like well before we were even of the age to even consider getting our driver's license or consider having a drink. It was on commercials on the TV, like don't drink and drive. Like you saw that, like from the time we were like three years old, we saw it the entire time, like all the time growing up. And this guy is not like, and I can say that and assume that this guy had the same upbringing as we did because he's not that much older than us. Right. Like just the fact that anyone in our generation could even consider driving drunk is just astounding to me. Yeah. Um, did I pick Raiders already? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. I'm picking Raiders, but I'm just saying it's going to be a tough road ahead for them. Yeah, yeah, I'm also picking Raiders if I never specifically said that. All right, Texans at Dolphins. Dolphins are minus two thirty-five. Texans plus one ninety. Uh, five and a half is the spread over under 46. I am taking Miami. Seth, I hate this game. (laughs) Oh, I do too. These are two one and seven teams who have lost seven games in a row who have been in contact with each other for a year now about a potential trade for a player who has an ongoing sexual assault, multiple ongoing sexual assault cases. Um, I, I don't know. Miami's at home. Like, do I pick Miami? Tyrod Taylor's coming back this week and he looked good. I like, I, I don't know. Um, Shit, I really don't know. I, I I'm also so worried that I'm gonna lose more footing in the pick'em standings if I if I go against you. But we're exactly what I want. I want you worried about your. Yeah, you, well, you're in a position of power for sure. I'm five games back with halfway through the season. This is unlike me. Not unlike me to be so far behind, but unlike me to be not predicting football games. Well, it's an off year for me. Um, see the re- the real pickers. The real pick'em pickers don't have off years. All right. Well, sixty-three percent of the time, I'm right. So um, yeah, I was just saying, like you were saying, off year. I'm almost seventy percent. You're sitting at sixty-three. Like we're chilling. No, yeah, we're like we're good. Like if, if you, we're definitely moving units in the positive direction, which is phenomenal to me. Um, yeah, I. Everything about this game screams Texans to me, but they have such a soft defense, but so does Miami. Do it, pussy. Do it, pussy. I got yelled at. You're going to peer, you're going to, you're going to peer, you're going to peer pressure me into, um, into picking the Texans, but then you're going to peer pressure me out of picking against them too. Emma, what do you think? (laughs) Miami or Houston? No, no idea. You have to. I I can't. I can't do this. You can. Oh, how supportive. How cute. Shut up, Seth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If he had picked Houston, I would have picked Houston. That's the thing. That's the fucked up thing about pickup is because I feel like an obligation to to have to pick what you pick now because I don't want to you know lose ground. Yes. If you had picked Houston, then it would have been a no brainer. Yes. I'd be picking Houston. Do it. Over. Houston. I have the high ground. Houston, Houston. says. Yep. Tyrod Taylor, Brandon Cooks. All right, we are on to the afternoon slate. First game, Chargers at Eagles. Chargers are minus 130. The spread is two over under 49. I am taking the Chargers. Coming off a loss to the Patriots, correct? Yeah, big time. Yet another loss to the Patriots. Um, I think that they're going to show up to Philadelphia and further prove wrong our well, I, I guess my prediction for the Eagles isn't completely terrible, but yours of having them win the division is not looking great, 
right now. Win the division is not looking great, but the nine wins I feel like isn't crazy for them still. What's their record right now? They have three or four wins. I have no idea. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, the Chargers are going to win this game. Yes, that, no that seems pretty it's, simple. It contributes to the theory that I have that teams that are supposed to win games that don't win games come back and just light it up. So, yeah, yeah I got the Chargers, but um, they're 3-5, and five, the Eagles are right now. So you got nine games for them to win six of the nine. Yeah, it's a tall order, but they, I don't know. They may be able to do it. Nah, they got a tough schedule coming up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I thought they know. should have won some games earlier in the year that they didn't win, so now they're yeah. trying to dig themselves out of the hole. But, All right. Yeah, move on. Final three games on the schedule. First one, Green Bay Packers at Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are minus 320. They're minus 7.5 on the spread, over under 48. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the Chiefs. God help me if they somehow manage to lose this game. Holy shit. Imagine, bro. Imagine fucking Jordan Love shows up and throws five touchdowns. Fucking imagine. Devontae Adams is back. Like, Who's at home? Chiefs. Taking the Packers. <laughs> okay, they're plus 250 on the line. I, I I like that pick. It's a ballsy pick, and I I stand it, but I'm not, you know, I'm sticking with my Chiefs pick. I like it. Listen, uh, listen, the Packers were able to get it done last week without Devontae Adams. They're missing Aaron Rodgers, but Jordan Love is no scrub. Um, Devontae comes back into this lineup. You've got that running back tandem of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. The Chiefs struggled with the Giants on Monday Night Football. The Chiefs have struggled all season long. If Aaron Rodgers is playing this game, it's a no-brainer for me. But I think even without him. Oh, yeah, if, if Aaron Rodgers is playing this game, I'm picking Packers all day long. I feel like I feel like the Packers might still find a way to win. Um, and I may be doing myself in for the pick'em season here, but, you know. It's great. That's Packers. what I love to hear. I love to hear that I've got my opponent in a stranglehold and he's giving up. Next game, Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are favored, minus 130. The Cardinals are plus 110. The line is two and over under 45. I am taking the Cardinals to win this game. Yeah, so this game all depends on whether or not Kyler Murray plays. Um, Both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins have been very limited in practice. Kyler got hurt against the Packers on that Thursday night football game. They said it was a one to three week injury. Um, he's questionable to go this week. It's, he's definitely not going to be at a hundred percent, even if he does go. So is there a way now? There's no way that we can do like a maybe if horse scenario here. I'm going to take the Cardinals too, but if Kyler doesn't play, listen, we'll count it against our pick and record, but if Kyler doesn't play the 49ers are going to win the game. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. I, I just think that even an injured Kyler is going to be enough. I just don't have a ton of faith in that 49ers offense. Um, and last game of the week, probably the easiest game to pick other than the bills game, uh, Titans at Rams Rams are minus three thirty-five, over under 52 and a half and minus seven for the Rams on the spread. I'm taking Rams RIP to the Titans playoff dreams. Shout out Derek Henry. He's a beast, but season's over. Yeah. Um, the Titans are the number one team in the AFC. Wow. Isn't that crazy to you, Seth? Wait, what? Say that again? The Titans yes. are the number one team in the AFC. That's horseshit, right? That, that can't be true. They are the number one team in the AFC. Five and two. There's no way. If the playoffs started today, they would get the... the what the fuck by. is that? Oh, my God. It's they're because they're the so shit. They're three... <laughs> <laughs> what is I thought happening? they were sucking this whole time. I checked the standings. They're first in the AFC. We both thought they were sucking this entire time. I know. <laughs> it's I mean, it's because Julio's been ass. That's the thing. Is we just assume that the team sucks because Julio's been terrible. Yeah, but I, and they got blown out in. Um, they lost to the Jets. And yeah, how did they lose to the Jets? And Six and two, and they lost to the Jets. That's unreal. Unreal. One, and then they lost to the Jets. Dude, so, my favorite part about this is just the juxtaposition of having 
the AFC South, where it's a six and two team that is leading the AFC, and then everyone else is three and five, one and six, one and seven. And then the two divisions directly next to it are the AFC North, in which the worst team is the four and four Browns. Every other team's above 500. And then the AFC West, where it's the Chiefs at four and four, the Broncos at four and four, and then the Chargers and the Raiders are both above 500. I just love that they're directly next to each other. I find that hilarious. I like that too. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Rams. Of course, I'm both taking I mean, the Rams. I? But like, I just wanted to put it on everybody's radar that the Titans are the number one team in the AFC. I mean, not for long, dude. Derrick Henry's gone. They're done. No, love yeah, Ryan Hunt. They'll last no more than two. Years. I mean, they can, they can probably still be there at six and three if. Who, I mean, who's second to them? Uh, Bills. technically the Ravens and the Bills. Yeah. So depending on what happens with those two teams this week, that could that could be done. But so, like, wow. Yeah, I think they can still make playoffs. Like, I think they can sneak an extra four games in. I feel like ten wins can get you into the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So like, I think they can sneak their way into the playoffs, especially in that division. Like, I, it'd be wild to me if they somehow lost that division. Just, the way the other teams, uh, but yeah, their season's effectively over. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I mean, when you lose the the back-to-back rushing leader, it's it, it's such a blow for them, especially because he's been carrying their offense. He was on. Yeah. It, it's it sucks because I've been calling for Derrick Henry to be MVP for a while, but it's a quarterback award, unfortunately. So they will just never give it to him. But he was on pace to make like an unbelievable run at like record setting highs and I'm not just like breaking his own record, but by like hundreds of yards, like he was just, and people are saying like, Oh, that's what happens when you run him into the ground. It's like, I mean, he, he's built to be a heavy usage running back. Like why are we trying to blame Vrabel and the Titans for this injury? Like Derek Henry is a fucking workhorse. Like injuries happen in football. Like there's no need to blame the usage because Seth, what would happen if we have a Miles Sanders situation on our hands and they aren't giving Derrick Henry the ball enough, everybody in the NFL would be losing their fucking minds saying, feed Derrick Henry the ball more. The Titans aren't good without using Derrick Henry. You've got to pound him into the ground. They do it. The, the, you know, your wish is our command. We're going to run Derrick Henry into the ground. He gets hurt in the process. Like now we're going to flip the switch and we're going to blame the Titans for that. No, that's dumb. Um, so it's a tough situation, but no one's to blame. It's just the nature of football. He'll be back in like in the long run of his career. Uh, he'll he'll come back and win the rushing title next season. Um, he could even be back for playoffs potentially. I think they said. Um, I think they said maximum ten week recovery for this injury. Which if like if you do the math and it plays out, if they make it far enough in the playoffs, he could potentially come back. I don't know that that's a realistic possibility, but. You know, well, I think officially he's out six to ten weeks. So theoretically, if it was six, they played what eight games, so he could be back. And it's week is it is this week week ten? So he could be back nine. between week oh weeks week nine. So he could be back between it's count this week as one, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Okay, so he could be technically back between weeks fourteen and eighteen. Yeah, I I would lean more on the. 10 week side of things than the six in my do. opinion is what I think he'll be back for the wild playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. If, if you, if they're in a wild card position, then um, I don't think they rush him back at all. We'll, we'll see what that, I mean, Jeremy McNichols yeah. sick last name. He's pretty good. He's no Derrick Henry, but he's a shifty little running back. They got AP too. Um, so like he can still do some damage. He's a little yeah. bit old, but like, Hey, he's, he's still kicking. So like, I think they'll be all right. They're not going to be the number one team in the AFC at the end of the season, but they'll be all right. Rams, though, that's my pick because I know it was confusing. Yes. Well, I think the Rams, that's it, right? I think that's all for TBR Pick'em. It is. This week. My laundry's been sitting in the, the washing machine for probably like 40 minutes now, so it's going to be all nice and wonderful when I finally get down there to throw it in the dryer. Um, I'm so happy. Thank you. Um, I would just like to point out that Thursday night football is going on right now. I bet on Mike White to have over one and a half passing touchdowns. He gets one, gets hurt out of the game. His replacement, some man named Jay Johnson, already has two. That's wild. R.I.P.
Yeah. So that's how my betting night is going. I've been hot recently, though. And I, I already wanted, I had any uh, player to go over 100 rushing yards. And um, I believe it's either Jonathan Taylor or Naheem Hines. That's like 200. Jonathan Taylor has like 180 rushing yards in that game already. So wonderful. Great for you. All right. So that'll be it for episode 90. Big milestone there. We're almost episode 100. Nine more, baby. Nine more. We're getting there. Do the math on that real quick, bud. If this was number 90. Okay, we're continuing this debate here. If if this is episode number 90. We have nine more to get to 100. Episode 91. Count it with me on your fingers. 92. 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. 100. 100 doesn't count. We're already at 100 once we get there. Nine more until we're at 100. No, we're not. Episode one hundred is episode. Once we finish episode ninety-nine, then we're there. So you, oh, so you're saying nine more until we're at one hundred, and then one hundred yes. is the ten. Until it's time for the hundredth episode. That makes more sense to me. I thought you were saying ten more until. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to say that this whole time. Then your Wi-Fi goes all fucking ballistic on me when I'm trying to do the. I outro. mean, it was fine for the entire rest of the episode. So that's true. Did we save the recording? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, no. If if this didn't record, I'm I'm gonna, gonna throw kill myself. Somebody <laughs> immediately looks at me the only person in there. <laughs> that was gold. We need to clip. <laughs> I, uh, I am not. I refuse to testify at the trial. Just saying. I got my man's back. Cool. <laughs> She has no idea what just happened either. (laughs) All right, Seth, do the thing. (laughs) All right, everybody. That was it for episode 90 of The Booth Review. I'm Seth. He's Brendan. As always, we will catch you on Flippity Flip Side. Goodbye.